This morning, um, as we look to God's Word, uh, sometimes messages uh, are easy to preach and uh, you look at a passage and I know that it's going to resonate in your hearts and it's an easy step from your life to God's Word. This morning may not be one of those passages. Uh, as we look to it, you may say, why, why are we talking about this? What, what does this have to do with my life? Um, think about your life right now. Um, I'm, I'm assuming some things that there are at least small chaoses that happen in your life daily. Uh, many of maybe happened this morning. Others of you are dealing with huge things, huge overwhelming things. And when we deal with difficult things, uh, we listen to voices in our head. We listen to people that have input into our lives. Um, I, I won't mention his name uh, to protect the guilty, but I was, I was with the youth pastor this morning. And um, I was in the same room as him and, and I hear him talking and he's like having a conversation. And I, I asked him if he was all right over there. And he was just standing in front of the copy machine and he was having a conversation. Now, there one of two things could be possible there. Well, really three, but I think one of two things could have, he could have been praying, but I don't think he was. Just what he was saying didn't sound like a prayer. So we'll kind of nix that out. But he, he was talking. He was like having a conversation. And one of two things could be true. He could have been talking to himself and having a conversation with himself, which... If you have that, there could be something wrong. I'm not suggesting that. Or he was talking to the copier, an inanimate object, which also is one of those things that could be wrong. Um, but at least he was talking to them. He wasn't listening to them. And maybe he was. But uh, we all have input into our lives. Uh, it comes from different sources and places. And it's those words that impact our life. And really that's what we're going to talk about this morning is what are the voices that impact our life? And is it important that we know who they are and what what they're saying? If you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, I want to share with you, uh, starting at verse 15, but I'll give you some context. We'll read from verse 13. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, um, Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 13, he says this, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Then he says this, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. 
God, this morning we ask that you would work in our lives, that you would take your eternal word and impress it upon us. God, I pray that you do make the connection for us from our life, what's going on, to hear your word and that it would instruct the way we live, that your spirit would change us. God, cause us to understand the importance of this passage. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If you look, I read to you about the the narrow and the wide gate. And if you can picture, we looked at it a while back uh, before uh, Christmas season, we talked about this. But I, I want you to picture the narrow and the wide gate. They're two different gates, obviously. They're not the same gate. They're two different gates. And it, it's not just an issue of here's one opening and one opening over here and you choose which one and you walk through it. But that you need to understand and, and grasp the idea that there are, are those who are calling for you to come to one gate over another. There's others encouraging you, go towards that one. Don't go towards that one. And this morning, uh, as we look at this passage, we see that Jesus himself called us and, and warned us about something. He says in verse 15, beware of false prophets. Beware of false prophets. Now you're saying, well, we're going to talk about false prophets this morning? Yes, yes. Uh, and he said, well, I, I really don't know of any false prophets. Um, a prophet was one who speaks for God. A prophet is one who speaks for God. And as you think about that, Sometimes when we say speaks for someone else, we consider that because they can't speak for themselves. That's not true of a prophet. A prophet's job was God gave them a message and then he says, go and tell, go and tell, Uh, go and tell this group of people my message. And it wasn't that God didn't have a message or he couldn't speak for himself, but he chose to speak through the prophets. And in this case, He's warning us, Jesus is warning us about false prophets, false messengers, ones who would speak not the message of God, but something else, something else. You say, well, I don't, I don't really come into contact with false prophets. Uh, yes, you do all the time, all the time. You say, well, where? Uh, for some of you, it's when you're picking up your kids from school. You get there early and you're waiting at the yellow gate, not the wide gate, but the yellow gate. Um, And if you've ever been to Cummings Valley School, it's very confusing. Uh, It says the yellow gate and it's not yellow. If you think it would be yellow if it's the yellow gate, but it just says a sign that says it's the yellow gate. It's complicated. But what happens... Uh, maybe show up early. Some of you have never shown up early, but if you did show up early, maybe you bump into a friend or uh, another parent and, and you start to talk and they're talking about life and all of a sudden they're sharing with you what they think you should do in your life. If it's not the word of God, if it's not God's message and you take it in, they have acted as a false prophet in your life. They've acted as such. You say, well, you know, I don't have kids going to school, so I'm good. No, you're not. 
Some of us have false prophets in our own family. We spent some time with them over the, over the holiday time. We shared Thanksgiving and we're thankful that it's over. Um, and we shared in a time of Christmas and we celebrated and, uh, much on the way home. And, and there was input and there, there was judgment and there were things that this is what you should do. But was it from God? Was it from God? Was it a message from Him? At other times, um, and for the most part, none of you understand what I'm going to talk about right now. But even as a pastor studying the Word of God and, and thinking through this, this particular section where it says false prophet, the most susceptible one is me, is me. I get the opportunity to share with you week after week, and I have a message, and uh, I preach it in such a way that's authoritative. And when you say, well, this is what my pastor says, there's a danger that I would be a false prophet, that I would not have a message from God, but that I would have a message from some other place. There are other uh, people that are in danger of being false prophets in your life, uh, they're people that you listen to on the radio. They're commentators about life. They usually, you've got to have a doctor to, it's Dr. Oz or Dr. Phil or Dr. Ruth. Is she even around anymore? I don't even know. But uh, you, you, have, you have this title that says, I know stuff and that I somehow have input into your life. And there's a danger, especially in the midst of chaos and crisis, that we reach out and we say, I, I need to listen to someone who knows more than me. And the danger is that we would listen to someone who's not from God. And so Jesus, as we look at this passage, he says, beware of false prophets. I want you to hear that it's dangerous to listen to false prophets. It's dangerous to hear messages that are not from God. I think most of the time uh, we say, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people say. I just entertaining. I just I listen to people and I try to sort it out and I take some and I throw away the other. And we don't see the danger. And yet Jesus, as he was sharing with this group of people, he says, beware. It's a danger. I, I think that as Jesus was sharing with this message, I believe that he was thinking of the religious leaders of that day. But there are also others that input into our lives and give us things that are not from Him. So it's dangerous. We are to beware. He explains why. He says, uh, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Um, sheep are harmless. They're, they're not that intimidating. Oh no, sheep are outside. What are we going to do? It, it doesn't, we don't start getting fearful. Someone let their sheep out in the parking lot. It, it, that wouldn't be anything all that exciting, right? There are wolves. There's a pack of wolves out in the parking lot. That'd be different, wouldn't it? One is harmless and the other is murderous. It, it's the idea that, that, 
We look at one and we say, oh, they're a danger to us, our children, our family, our, our livestock. These are dangerous. And sheep, they're harmless. And this is the picture. He says, these false prophets, let me tell you what they look like. They look like sheep, but the reality is they're wolves. They look like sheep, but the reality is they are wolves. And you say, well, I understand that in terms of a pastor or whatever, but I want to tell you that there are people in your lives right now that they look fine and and comfortable and not intimidating and harmless on the outside, but on the inside, they're dangerous to you. They're dangerous. And so Jesus warns us to beware as you look on in the passage in verse 16, he uh, gives us a way to positively ID them. If they're wearing this kind of disguise, it's going to be hard to figure out who they are. And he says, I want to give you the positive idea. I want to show you how you can put your finger on who they are in your life right now. It's important stuff. And so he says in verse 16, you will recognize them. By their fruits, by their fruits. Now, uh, I've studied the Bible. I've gone to uh, uh, Bible college, if you will, and then seminary, and I've been a pastor for a while. And this passage strikes me as odd. How, if you were to ask me, if you were to wake me up and point to me and say, "How can you tell a false prophet?" I think I'd immediately, my knee-jerk reaction would be, their message, their message is wrong. And yet, what does Jesus say is the positive way to identify these people? It's not their message. It's the fruits of their life. That's powerful stuff. That's different than the way we think. Sometimes we look at people and we're, we're... impressed by a message that they can share. Uh, we're, we're looking for doctrinal error. And yet in this passage, he doesn't talk about so much their message. He talks about their person, the fruit of their life. It's interesting to me that false prophets, there's a possibility that their message could be correct and still be false prophets. And you say, how can that be? Very easily that they take one particular thing in the Bible or a group of things and they, they narrowly define them and then they expound them, but they neglect the total teaching of Scripture. They, they use the truth of God's Word not so that people would change and grow and be more like Christ, but they use it for their own gain. And he says, beware, beware. There's false prophets, and this is the way you can identify them, by their fruits. And then he uses a very simple, simple illustration that should help us all. And it's really hard for me to talk about this in any significant way because I feel dumb. Why don't we already know this? Why does Jesus have to say this? We're prone to deception. He, Jesus says this, he, he says... Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? 
He takes grapes and he says, uh, he points over, if you will, and he, he looks at a vine and, and he says, there's a vine over there and there's grapes. What kind of vine do you think those are? And, and you can imagine going, well, I, I'm not much in for farming. You know, I, I've been raised in the city. I don't know much about these things. But those look like grapes out there. And I'm just going to guess. It's a grapevine. Most of you don't even like figs. You don't think they're tasty and you know, they're not something that you would grow. You may have never seen a fig tree. And, and he points to the fig tree, if you will, and he says, he says, what kind of tree is that? And you say, well, I've never seen that tree before. Look at the fruit. What kind of fruit is that? And you say, I don't know. It's kind of a weird shape. I've never seen it before. And you taste it and you go, this tastes like a fig newton. That's because it's a fig. If that's a fig, what kind of tree is that? Oh, it's a fig tree. It's obvious. It's something that's so obvious that, that he doesn't need to point it out. And yet Jesus does. And he, why does he do it? Because we're susceptible to looking at people and saying, their message says they're this. But what is the fruit of their life? How do we identify them? Well, we positively identify them by their fruits. If it's grapes, it's a grapevine. It's not a thorn bush. If it's figs, it's not from thistles. It's from a fig tree. Then in verse 17, he gives us a fruit test, if you will. And he says this, so, so every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Another obvious, obvious illustration. He goes back and he, he talks about these trees and he says, look, this is a tree. Some of you have, uh, some of this is hard because most of us are just backyard type people, right? We have trees and we might even have garden and we might try to raise animals but we really aren't dependent upon them to live. And it's a good thing, too, because most of us would die based upon our skills as farmers and raising flocks and so on and so forth. But Jesus says something very obvious, and he points this as this discussion about false prophets. He says, healthy trees, what kind of fruit do they produce? Good fruit. And Trees that are diseased, what kind of fruit do they produce? And the obvious is the same. It, it, it's so obvious, and yet we look at it. If, if I point it to your backyard, you can imagine yourself having maybe a dozen fruit trees. And you have your, your lines to irrigate them, and you pay a fortune for you know your, the water that you're doing, and you're trying to take care of them. And, and you finally get to the place where it produces fruit. And you go out there and you pick the fruit and you taste it and it's awful. It's awful. It, it, it has no flavor and the flavor it does have is bitter. The texture is awful. It just doesn't taste like the fruit that you desired. 
And so most of us would go, oh, I must have done something wrong. I didn't fertilize at the right time. I didn't uh, prune the tree properly. I'm going to read up on it. I'm going to give it another go. And the next year, you do, you do all that you can. And then you go and the fruit is produced. And then you taste it. And it's the same. And in anger of your water bill that you invested in the time that you invested in this tree, you go, get rid of this. Rip this thing out. And you love it when you get to throw it in the fireplace because it's finally gone, that stupid tree that you invested in but did not produce. This is the picture that Jesus says. He says, I want to show you that there's a fruit fruit test. And don't deceive yourself into believing that just because a, a tree is a tree and it produces fruit... You can tell what kind of tree it is by what the fruit tastes like. I remember uh, years ago, I had uh, some apples that I had bought from the store. And I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not really as healthy of an eater as most people around me would like me to be. But uh, I had this apple and uh, it's a beautiful apple. It was big, it was red. And you know, probably you can guess, but I'm not much of a nibbler on food. I'm not a nibbler. I just go for it. So I have this big, beautiful apple, and I, I just go for it. I, I crunch into this thing, and I, it really doesn't crunch that well because it's mushy inside. And it, it's not that it's just mushy, but it tastes like a cotton ball. And it, it kind of has a weird kind of flavor to it. It looked perfect on the outside, but when I bit into it, it was awful. And I got that feeling of, ah, what am I going to do with that which is in my mouth? Get rid of it. The fruit test, the fruit test. It may look good on the outside. It, it may have a message that seems correct. It may all seem ready and, and perfect. And yet what the Lord is trying to teach us is this, that the fruit tells, the fruit tells. Not just what kind it is, but the, the produce tells what's going on inside of the tree. You see the fruit Test, and then we look at what to do with worthless trees. He ends up this section saying this, Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. It's rejected. It's pushed away. It's gotten rid of. You look at that and you, you see this in the context of false prophets. And he says there's a danger And because there's a danger, there's also something of protection to get rid of in your life. Those inputs that would be those false voices that speak for God, but yet they are not from God. It's hard to understand, but, um, you know, false prophets, why do they speak the words they speak? It's simple, really. Uh, It's because we have an enemy, Because we have an enemy and he desires for us to do that which is wrong. I know that sounds dramatic and in some cases it is. And you say, are you telling me that all false prophets and the people who aren't giving us right advice and they're of the enemy? It's not that they are of the enemy, but they're being used by the enemy. It's scary to me that even believers in Jesus Christ have been used of the enemy. 
the good intentioned and wanting to do what's right, and yet because they got lost in themselves, they'll give wrong advice, they'll lead others astray. False prophets. Reject them. These are worthless trees needing to be gone. And then he closes this section by saying, they will be recognized, they will recognize them by their fruits. The simple thing. I would like to say this, that um, these prophets, these false prophets, they're wide gate prophets. They're wide gate prophets. They lead people astray. And we should be careful that we are not being led astray in all the chaos of our lives. That's what happens, right? When chaos happens, when we're afraid, when we're uh, at, at those crossroads, we start grabbing for things. I need input in my life. It's a good time to get input. Just make sure it's input from God. I have three things for you today as we end our time in this passage. Hopefully that this will help you think through as we think through uh, what a false prophet is and how that, what that means to our lives. The first thing is this. Marketing is nothing. Product is everything. Marketing is nothing. Product is everything. I, I know that's tough for us to believe as, uh, as people in the United States. We love a good commercial. We love a good commercial. Um, some of you say you don't. I love them. I love them. And, and you say, well, why do you love them? How do I know what to buy unless somebody tells me? And you say, oh, you're so susceptible. I know I am, okay? I love a good commercial. But I want to tell you that marketing is nothing. Product is everything. You say, well, what do you mean by that? We like to judge a book by the cover. And you say, oh, I'm not so shallow as that. I know some of you like pictures inside as well, right? You like the cover, but you also like good pictures inside. Uh, We are susceptible to marketing. If it looks good, it must be good. Hey, let me tell you, false prophets on the outside, they look good. They look good. You know, they look like sheep. They look like harmless sheep. It's interesting. Um, This is especially difficult when it comes to pastors. For some of you, uh, you're emotional people and that you're looking for other emotional people in this world. And if I were to stand before you and I'd start talking about something and I got emotional and I started to cry, some of you would walk out and you'd say, that's a great pastor. It's a great pastor. And some would say, why? I say, well, he cries. He cries, and I look for people who cry. Others of you, you say, I'm looking for a strong leader. I love a good, strong leader. And if I'd talk with a loud voice and I'd act like I knew where I was going, and I, I would, he's, you know, that's a great pastor. He, he's a great visionary. He knows what he's doing. You, you connect with him. You'd say, man, that's a great guy. Others of you are educationally driven. And if I, if I sounded smart, if I had great outlines, if I, I could go through things and, and use big words and I was eloquent, you say, well, there's what a pastor is. But I want to tell you, marketing is nothing. Product is everything. You say, I still don't get it. 
Well, this is for some of you simpler people. What makes a good sports team? Think about it. When is a sports team great? When they win. And if they don't win, they're not great. You think about that, and some of you, that's hard to talk about because we're in the middle of the football playoffs and your team is playing golf. And it probably will be more difficult. I won't even mention it next week because half of them will be gone by next week. You see that and you go, you go, but you know, I look at people and they are great, but they just didn't win the game. You know, they are a real good person, but it just never seems to work out in their life. Jesus is saying, watch out for false prophets. Because that which is produced from their life shows who they are on the inside. Super important for us to remember. It's the product of one's life. The second thing, it's similar to the first I shared with you. The, me- the, the message and the man must match. The message and the man must match. I would have said in woman too, but I, it would have messed up my alliteration thing and I didn't want to do that. The message and the man must match. As I share that with you, sometimes we get enamored with blogs, with preaching, with quotes, with books. And we say, well, this person has been able to say something and it's amazing what they've said. It's amazing. You know, it's just great. They they must be the one that God speaks through. I want to tell you that the message of someone must match with their life, what is produced. Some have asked me, uh, who are your favorite preachers? Who are your favorite preachers? People ask me this from time to time. And I'll tell you who my favorite preachers are. Uh, Mark Spanzel, Steve Ballantyne. Ryan Boys, Michael Lohr, Brandon Kirby. I mean, I listen to other people from time to time. But the ones that, that thrill my heart are the ones that I can see the other side. I, I know their lives. It, it's not something that uh, sometimes we can get enamored with a message and not realize that that doesn't match with the person's life. And when we are enamored with the message and fail to understand what a person's life is like, we don't know whether we can trust their message. Jesus called us to beware. And he said, make sure not just about the message, but about the fruit that is produced in their life. Lastly, I just want to end with this. I just want to ask you this question. I want you to think about it right now. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Who are the people that you run to in the midst of chaos? What are the voices that you're allowing to shape your life? They may be people you know. They may be people you don't know. And I want you to ask the question, is the fruit produced in their life the kind of fruit you want in your life? If it's not, you better be listening to some other people. It's a danger 
with your following after false prophets. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for the message from your word, your son Jesus, who spoke these words. God, I ask that uh, you would mark us with this message, that you would give us a seriousness, that we would filter everything by your word, that we would want to see the fruit of one's life and that we would want to imitate that because we desire that fruit, the fruit that comes from you. God, do your work in your church. I pray that this would be an encouragement for all of us. Whatever you've got going in our lives, help us to trust you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.